Now we're going to turn in the word of God to the book of Romans. Uh, Romans chapter 5. We're going to break into the chapter at verse uh, 12. It's page number 1738 if you're using a pew Bible. 1738. So Paul's uh, letter to the Romans chapter 5. Breaking in to the chapter verse 12 reading through to the end. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offences resulted in justification. For if by one man's offence death reigned through one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore... As through one man's offence, judgment came to all men, resulting in condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offence might abound, but where sin abounded, grace much more abounded, so that as sin reigned in death, even so, grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Again, good morning to everybody. I would like just very briefly to introduce myself again. Um, I am a Greek national I was born and brought up in Greece. I, I work as uh, I'm involved in uh, pastoral work and uh, uh, missionary work. Um, my name is Leonidas, but don't worry if you uh, can't pronounce it as I've said it. It is uh, a joy to be with you this evening and uh, worship the Lord together. Um, I will have a brief reading from uh, Genesis chapter 3. Well, Genesis chapter 3. I'll read a few verses from 6 to 12. Uh, from 6 to 12. <coughs> uh, Genesis 3. Uh, from 6 to 12. So when the woman 
saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. She took of it, of its fruit, and ate. And she also gave some to her husband, who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they showed fig, fig leaves together, and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. God among the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid, because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. The reason why we study the scriptures is to discover the divine glory of Christ. The reason why we study the scriptures is to see that the Lord of glory, the Son of God, is the Savior, and how our faith and attention should be turned to him. Any blessing we have in our relationship to God is to be found by faith in Christ. By faith in Christ, we have met with God as we, as we uh, um, read, for example, in verses 10 and 11 of Romans 5, that we, we have reconciliation with God through faith in the, the death of his Son, Jesus Christ. We have the privilege of access to God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And every kind of spiritual familiarity we enjoy with God, it is to be found by faith in Jesus Christ. So we are talking about faith in Christ. And uh, the question is probably arising in our thinking of uh, um, the question, is the natural man, as he is born into this world, as he is by nature, is the natural man 
able by his own strength and by his own will and by his own powers to truly believe in the Lord Jesus as the only and sufficient Savior. Or has man been affected by the fall of Adam? The fall of Adam, which was his rebellion against God, is now man exactly the same as man was created before the fall of Adam, before the sin of Adam. Has there any change come upon the spiritual nature of man as a result of that sin of Adam? Was Adam exactly the same after the fall, after his sin, his trespass of the command of God? Was Adam exactly the same after his disobedience as he was before his disobedience? And obviously we find a big difference, uh, a change that was uh, brought into the soul of man, uh, soul of Adam, uh, as a result of his fall. Did Adam have the desire to approach God after the fall, as he did before the fall? Was Adam able to enjoy the presence of God after his uh, rebellion against God? Did he have the desire to be with God and approach God? How are we to understand Genesis chapter 3 regarding um, uh, what happened in the Garden of Eden? That there was some damage done to man as a result of, of um, his distancing himself from God. There was some uh, damage that occurred in his thoughts, in his desires, in his will, in his whole spiritual make-up. But how serious was that uh, damage? Since Romans chapter 5, uh, the passage we read, talks about the way the fall of Adam brought condemnation to the whole of mankind, then we come to the conclusion that there was some connection between Adam and the whole of the human race. So that what happened to Adam affected the whole human race. There is then some relationship between Adam and everyone 
who is born into the world. That is the teaching of Romans 5, the particular passage that we read. So let's think about our relationship as natural men and women as we come into this world, our relationship with Adam. One of the fundamental things we should mention is that Adam did not um, um, live and was not tested just for himself. And what Adam did did not or would not affect him only. But what Adam was going to do, to do would affect the, 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 the whole of uh, mankind. His actions, Adam's actions in his test would affect the whole race. Every one of us without any exception. We read in, uh, for example, verse uh, 18, the beginning of it, therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, that's what Paul says, and also verse 19, the beginning of it, for as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners. So we understand that Adam was not just acting for himself, but he was representing the whole human race. He was, as, he was, as we say, representative of you and me and everybody else. He was the federal head of mankind. And if Adam had stood the test God placed upon him, then his obedience would be counted as our obedience and we would live in a different way. But if Adam fell into sin by disobeying God, which is actually what happened, then that sin his sin would make everyone of his posterity a sinful being under God's condemnation. And then, that was, of course, not the end of the story. Thousands of years later, 2,000 years ago, someone else came into this world that in a sense was related to Adam there was a comparison as, ex as is expressed in verse 14 of Romans 5 yet death reigned from Adam to Moses even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam who was a type of of the one who was to come. You see, there was someone who was going to come, and Adam was a type of the one that was to come. Of course, 
a very different type in that we were involved in Adam's fall and sin legally before God. That's the way God arranged it. That was the will of God. And in in the same way, we are involved in Christ's righteousness. In, in verse 12 we read, Therefore as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death reigned, uh, spread to all men, because all sinned. And uh, in verse 18 again, Therefore as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness... And that reveals the divine glory of Christ. That Jesus Christ came 2,000 years ago to destroy the works of evil and bring the boon of justification to those who would believe in him. So one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men, meaning for all those who were going to believe in him. Sometimes we think, we think of biological death as something um, that is the worst possible thing that could happen to anybody, that happens to everybody. Nevertheless, Awful as death is, is not the ultimate evil that can befall a human being. For we are informed in in this passage that through one man's sin, condemnation came to all men. All were condemned in Adam. Judgment came upon all. Adam fell, and we fell in him. And we come into this world spiritually, not as standing, but spiritually fallen. That's what we are by nature. But we should never forget this uh, Parallelism between Adam and Christ. This comparison between Adam and Christ. In that way, we shall be able to understand the greatness of our Lord Jesus Christ and his glory in coming into this world to save sinners. There are some few words that reveal this, this uh, comparison between, between Adam and Christ. And these words are, So as Adam fell, so as Adam brought condemnation, so even so Christ brought justification. And we see very clearly that there is a a parallelism, a comparison between Adam and 
Christ. We come then into this, come into this world as guilty. And that is worse than biological death. We come into this world not as, uh, not as um, spiritually uh, neutral. And when someone comes into this world by natural birth, it is not a case of wa waiting for that person to fall into sin, thinking that he, that person is spiritually neutral, neither good nor bad, neither light nor darkness, waiting to see what that human being will do. And when that human being falls into sin, we should not say, ah, he has fallen. For every human being is fallen in Adam. So we are not spiritually neutral, but we come into this world as guilty, condemned, lost forever, and that stresses the tr a very fundamental truth. And that fundamental uh, tr truth is that Jesus Christ is the only Savior, the, the one who can um, deliver some, anybody from guilt and sin. And that stresses the necessity of preaching the gospel, of communicating the gospel, both in the church as well as in other activities outside the church. Our own sin, for we have personal sins as well, is not the result of a personal fall. It is the result of Adam's fall. That one fall is not repeated in the life of everybody. It happened once and forever, once and for everybody. So we cannot say that so-and-so um, uh, fell, and so-and-so fell, and so-and-so fell, uh, because our own sin is our own guilt, but it is the result of the fall of Adam. It happened once and forever, and it happened including everybody in this world. And that was our spiritual destruction until the time comes when the Savior delivers us from our spiritual death, from our condition as guilty before God, and brings us into a new life, a new legal relationship with God, a state of justification and reconciliation with God, a new relationship with God the Father. We read, for example, in verse uh, 12 towards the, towards the end, So death spread to all men, talking about Adam, because all sinned. 
And then we go to verse 16, uh, to uh, verse 16, which says, And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. The same truth is, is taught in, in also verses 18 and 19, the beginning of it. One trespass led to condemnation for all men. In verse 19, for as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So now we are in a position in which we sin, we sin willingly, we sin joyfully until Christ saves us, changes our heart, and changes our life. Man is a sinner by nature because of Adam's fall. We said earlier, was Adam exactly the same after his disobedience? as he was before his disobedience? Or was he affected? In what, in what way was he affected? Surely something changed. Adam was not the same anymore after his sin. What was it that changed? To start with, the disposition of his own heart towards God changed. In verse uh, uh, Genesis uh, chapter 3 verse 8 Adam wanted to avoid God he did not want to be with God anymore God was not pleasant to Adam anymore and that kind of disposition towards God was passed on to all men also, there was a dread of God that appeared in the heart of Adam. When they heard the, the sound of God's coming to them, they hid because there was fear, bad fear, dread in the heart of Adam and Eve. And that dread of God, we read in Genesis 3.10, that they hid, was passed on to all men. In addition to that, shame was felt by Adam and Eve. And that kind of sense of shame was passed on to all men. And that's why we dress and that's why not only do we dress, but we expect others to be dressed. Because there is this sense of shame. I mean, even atheists, even atheists identify with God in that respect, in, in our theology. Even atheists dress. And they want to dress. Because there is shame. And there is shame, shame because of the fall and sin of Adam. 
In addition to all this, regarding the change that was wrought in Adam's psyche was that man uh, started following a, an, a, an attitude towards God that was um, uh, inimical. I, I believe that's the right word. Uh, um, animosity towards God. Adam started in Genesis 3, verse 12, he started accusing God. Well, it's not my fault, it's this woman's fault. You gave me that woman. You've wronged me. You gave me that woman and look the result. It's her fault and ultimately God is your fault. And that kind of mentality passed on to all men. Men will accuse God for every evil in this world, but they will not accuse themselves. But even the New Testament, not even the New Testament, especially the New Testament, has nothing good to say about the heart of man. The Lord said this, For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, slander, no strength left in man to believe the gospel. Why? Because man is dead, spiritually dead. And if you see a dead man rising by his own strength from the grave, then you can believe that man by nature has the strength to believe the gospel. Also, Adam stopped seeking God. He was avoiding God. We read what I mentioned earlier, that they heard the, 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 the sound of the Lord, the, the, the voice of the Lord, and they hid from the face of the Lord. And the same thing happens with all of us. As long as we are in Adam, before we are visited by the grace of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Paul, in this very epistle, in chapter 3, makes it very clear that man does not, by nature, seeks God. This does not mean that man is no longer a religious being. Man remains a religious being. But that by itself is not enough to cause man to truly turn to God through Jesus Christ. Paul says in Romans 3 then, there is no one having um, wisdom, there is no one um, seeking God. There is no one seeking God. That's one of the things, there is no exception. There is no one. And that word, no one, forbids us to believe that there are some people who truly seek God. And now the question is, how come you and I believe the gospel in a true way, according to the design of God, in a true way? How come we trusted in Christ as our Savior? And the answer is 
the grace of God to us which who did not deserve that grace. Verse 15 in Romans we read that but the free gift is not like the trespass for if many died through one man's trespass much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man Jesus Christ abounded for many. And then in verse 17, For if because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus Christ is mentioned everywhere. And that's what, why I said at the beginning of this message that the reason we study the scriptures is to discover the divine glory and grace of Jesus Christ. And unless you find that in the scriptures, you have not understood the scriptures. Charles Spurgeon said, He who believes that man, the natural man, by his own strength and by his own ability and by his own will can believe the gospel, that man does not believe the fall. I thoroughly agree with that. Salvation, you see, is a miracle. And who can perform miracles? You may say, well, the apostles. No. The apostles performed miracles by the power of God. It is only God who can perform miracles. And salvation is the greatest miracle that can take place in this world. Salvation is a miracle of God. You see, the tragic story of the fall is not the end of the story. Because if that were the case, then we would all be ruined without any possibility of being rescued. And the solution to the problem is not, fine, is not found partly in God and partly in man. That is totally wrong. The solution to the problem is found wholly in the grace of God in Jesus Christ. We have been offered salvation and that salvation is the result of the work of Christ. We, we read in verses um, uh, 15 of this uh, passage in Romans 15, um, the free gift. We read also in verses 18 and 19, uh, as one trespass led to condemnation of all men, so one act of righteousness leads, one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, 
what can we produce? Uh, um, what can we um, um, offer for our salvation? Nothing. Just there is nothing but sin in us. For us, by the one man's disobedience, the many, the many were made sinners. So by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteousness. Now think about it. The obedience of one man. One man. Jesus Christ kept the law of God in a perfect way. Jesus Christ obeyed all the laws of God perfectly. Jesus Christ lived a life of perfect dedication to God. Jesus Christ never sinned in any, in any way, even in the slightest. Jesus Christ wove a, a garment of righteousness for all those who believe. Jesus Christ lived as the, Lord, the law of God demanded. Jesus Christ, by his sinless life, satisfied all the demands of the law of God. Jesus Christ did all that. Is there anything else necessary for our salvation? Well, you tell me if there is anything else necessary for our salvation which I perhaps has, have forgotten to mention. I will tell you that Jesus Christ fulfilled even that demand. Think about it. Tell me. And I will tell you that even that demand was fulfilled. That's what Jesus did. Jesus did. For those who believe, for his people, all that was necessary for our salvation. And we want to thank the Lord for that. We should be moved by that. We should praise him day and night for his love and grace to us. Some people think, think only about the fall when non-Christians think about the fall and they say, well, it's not right. It doesn't sound right that the, the sin of Adam should be accounted to me. Okay. Let's say that the sin of Adam is not accounted to you. In that case, you are supposed to fulfill the law of God in a perfect way. Would that be better? 
Isn't it better to rely on Christ and his grace? Isn't that safer? For you and I can fail at any moment. But Christ never failed. And what, the reason why we study the scriptures to see is to see this glorious person living for us, dying for us, saving us from the wrath of God, which we deserve. And may we spend all our life praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, serving the Lord, living for the Lord and for his glory. May the Lord bless all of us. And once again, uh, it, was, it, it is a pleasure to have fellowship with you this morning and worship the Lord together.